welcome to the Deuce Podcast. I am Brad. And I'm Jeremy. And Jeremy, we are doing episode 126, I do believe. 126? Yeah, that, sounds, that sounds right. I don't know. After a Something while. Like that. I don't know. I don't know my numbers. But anyway, in honor of the fact that um, Doolittle is coming out in the theaters uh, next weekend, we decided to do the 2001 sequel to Dr. Doolittle, starring Eddie Murphy, called Dr. Doolittle 2, correct? Yes. Dr. Doolittle 2, which you might know has uh, the voice talents of uh, Octavia Spencer, Tom Holland, Craig Robin. Oh, I'm sorry. Ray Fiennes. Sorry. I just pulled up Doolittle. I'm sorry. No, Hold that's on. a new uh, one. Yeah. Th- that's Doolittle. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's talented. You should have known when you said that's Tom talented. Holland. That's talented. I'm sorry. Hold on. Dr. Doolittle 2. Sorry. I got the wrong IMDb page. All right. The voice talents of, um, uh, let's see, Kevin Pollack. Right, yeah, he's yeah. in it. Um, who else we got? Uh, Steve Zahn, Lisa Kudrow, uh, Jacob Fargus, Michael Rappaport, Isaac Hayes, Andy Dick, uh, Joey Warren Adams. She was in this. David Cross, uh, Michael Epps, Jamie Kennedy was in this. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer, Michael McKeon. Yeah, yeah, yes, uh, yeah. And uh, those are just the voice actors. Mandy Moore. Freddie Muniz. Freddie Muniz. Uh, those are, of course, just the voice actors uh, themselves. Uh, but for me, this movie starts James Avery, right? Because he, no, he has a cameo. <laughs> yeah, it was very, it Uncle, was weird. Uncle Phil. Was so. Yeah. Uh, no, this is, Eddie Mur- this is Eddie Murphy vehicle. Of course, this is the sequel to Dr. Doolittle that uh, was such a huge hit back in the day. I want to say 1999, 98? Can't be 99. That's when good movies came out. Anyway. 98. Yeah, 98. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Raven Simone plays his daughter. Mm-hmm, she does. Uh, Kylie Pratt plays his other daughter. Yeah, she... Uh Kayla Pratt's the one she was in. Um, both both she and Raven Simone were Disney kids. So right, um, and and Kyla Pratt was on the show uh, The Proud Family, right, which ran for multiple years. That's true for, for multiple years. Uh, <clears throat> Kristen Wilson plays his wife. Right? Yes, and uh, Andy Richter shows up as Eugene Wilson. I want to assume he's from the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was with he's a, with it's the been zoo. so long since I've seen the first movie. Um. <laughs> I think I've seen this one once. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. This is the one that I remember more. I've seen the first one, but I don't really remember that much about it. Hmm. Um, Of course, in supporting roles come Kevin Pollack, who also plays a character. Um, He plays an alligator, but uh, he also plays a live human uh, uh, lawyer, right? He plays the lawyer. Yeah. Which and is odd. I thought he would do more voice work, but he just I thought like he would do boy. He could have done all the voices if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, which I thought you know, put him with the the gangsters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because usually he does like a gangster voice or kind mm-hmm. of. You know what I mean? He's more famous for that. Um, and then the scum of the earth, Jeffrey Jones. Uh, you might know him as the principal from um, Ferris Bueller. So or Bravo go. Fox. He's not the Bravo Fox from Zoobly Zoo. Okay, okay. I I'm not the Zoobly Zoo. I'm Bravo Fox from Zoobly Please, nobody connect me with Jeffrey Jones. I'm not. I swear to you. Um, no. I swear, officer. Justin Bieber wouldn't tell you otherwise. Okay, anyway. This movie, uh, like I said, came out in 2001. Um, and it was directed by Steve Carr. 
Steve Carr had also directed, um, I want to say, uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Ooh, did he? Yes. Let me click on that. I do believe I am right. Paul Watt Mall Cop is correct. Uh, also, Are We Done Yet? The sequel to Are We There Yet? Daddy Daycare, also starring um, Eddie Murphy. Which is interesting because yeah. Eddie Murphy and Steve Zahn were both in that together. True. And then a bunch of uh, Jay-Z uh, Hard Knock Life video. Okay, It's a hard knock life for us. It's a hard knock life. For us, and then um, the uh, <laughs> the writing credits belong to uh, Larry uh, uh, Levin. Larry Levin is actually pretty talented, to tell you the truth. Um, he created, um, well, he wrote for Seinfeld. He also wrote for It's Gary Shandling Show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he also created a show, a much uh, canceled show, Bakersfield PD, that was is actually supposed to be really, really funny, which I can only find on YouTube. So if you want to YouTube something, um, YouTube that Bakerfield PD. Bakerfield PD. Yeah, Bakerfield PD. Hmm. So um, he really does a lot with uh, meta humor, hence the whole Gary Shandling show. Yeah. So um, he's pretty good with that. So kind of like before Community, kind of before <laughs> all that. Oh yeah. Kind of no, became kind of Vogue. Um, yeah. So check that out. Also, um, yeah. He wrote the first one, I do believe. Yep, he's screenplay of Doctor Doolittle, the first movie. Um, so do we have a plot synopsis, Jeremy? I do. Mm-hmm. I even need to read it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want you to read it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Since we last saw him, Doctor Doodle, <laughs> Jesus, Doctor Doolittle has earned fame and recognition, both among two and four-legged creatures, for his ability to talk to animals. But not eight-legged creatures. They suck. Um, <laughs> but it's, it doesn't say that, but I'm just adding it. But his hectic work days cause him to put family life on the back burner when he's faced with the challenge of reintroducing a circus bear into the wild in order to save a forest. He also gets the opportunity to better his relationship with his wife and eldest daughter. I guess. I mean, kind of. That subplot's there, I guess. It's not really... I mean... Mm, Okay, sure. What do you mean? mean, Okay. Well, it's just that this... (laughs) It feels... This movie is very rushed, it feels like. Also, it's very... Through the Eddie Murphy performance, it seems he's very... How do I want to say this? Um, Like, rigid in his movements or his speaking pattern. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not the Eddie Murphy that we do remember or know. I don't even think it's the same Eddie Murphy from the first movie, to tell you the truth. Yeah. He, he was more playful in that one. This one just seems like he's kind of phoning it in a little bit, to tell well, you I, the truth. I don't think it's as it's strong just seems, of a script. What's that? It's not as strong as a script. No, I don't think it is either. Yeah. And but I we'll get think to he, that. I think he does fun, has fun with stuff, but he also, like, mm-hmm. you know, he he is. He's trying to keep the, the humor up, you know, and it's really not as strong. Mm-hmm. And I think it does start to it starts to border more on like the first one had some more adult humor. This one does too, but like uh, almost to the point where they were like, "Let's open it up more for family stuff," mm-hmm. which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. But I think mm-hmm. maybe it was a little bit different from what he's expecting. Right. Um, yeah. I guess uh, we start off with uh, he's at uh, his uh, his office, right? His uh, doctor's office. Yeah. Helping animals. 
in humans galore because he can speak to both of them. Yes. So um, his dog, played by Norm Macdonald. We forgot to say Norm Macdonald. Oh, yeah. By the way, why do I like Norm Macdonald just doing voiceover work? Because he's good at it. Like in the Orville. Like, I love him in the Orville. Yeah. Because he... Because, because sometimes gonna... when people do voice acting, they sound very stiff because they're yes. trying to do whatever it is. And he just talks very normally. I think he's... Nor- like, it sounds... I think he's more stiff when we see him performing in general. But I think when you get him behind a microphone... And in his studio, I think he just kind of is almost in his element in a way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I completely And he agree. becomes almost our narrator in this movie. Yeah. In fact, he is our narrator. Yeah. As, I can't remember what the dog's name is. Lucky. Lucky, Lucky the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is, is Lucky the dog the narrator in the first movie? I don't remember if he's the narrator, but I think they find him in the first movie. You think they find him in the first movie? Yeah, I think he was a it's stray. It's been so forever since I've seen the first movie. I know, right? You know, and I was like, whatever. And it was just kind of one of those things where it was just like, it was there when I watched it. Yeah. Again with us too. It was like, I was there. <clears throat> yeah. I, it's been so long. I I think this is the one that's on TV more than, you know, several times. You think? Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't see any of them on TV anymore. Well, I mean, this one played a lot. Oh, really? At point, but yeah. Do you think it's because of the Raven Simone? more of like the trying to kind of because she was kind of becoming more big around that time yeah you know so they're showing <laughs> it more on that aspect um maybe because it's this a disney movie because it feels like it is but it feels like it isn't a disney movie i don't like it's one of those movies i don't think it actually because i don't think it actually is a disney movie. i don't either i thought it was but i don't think it is. i think it's a 20th century fox movie to tell you the truth. Yeah. So there you go. Um, anyway, we pick up. Um, he's uh, leaving his office. He's very busy, very um, in demand because he's helping a lot of people. He's helping a lot of animals come together. And he's trying to balance it all and out. He's trying to balance his uh, his home life. He's trying to and uh, and that, uh, yeah, and that French uh, monkey. Right? <coughs> yes, the drunk french the monkey. drunch french monkey mm-hmm. you might know like this is the most i think that this animal is probably the most uh famous animal in the movie the monkey yes the monkey is the same monkey from the hangover movies and also annie's boobs is that from annie's community boobs? that's annie's boobs huh yeah well it was a huge time for that that you know monkey what this is 2001 how old is he i'm just saying i read it on imdb and if you read it on imdb it's true seriously how old is that monkey well i guess community was in community was what 20 i don't know that episode well i mean i I would look it up but i'm really afraid to type annie's boobs into a web browser well i i that's tuesday for me look i saw it on imdb i'll look you talk right yes Bradley's now looking at Annie's boobs. No. <laughs> so at, at, at this point in the movie, we start to learn that like <laughs> Dr. Doolittle has the people have been requesting his services all over the world. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah. looking at Annie's boobs on glow. Um, yeah, she's on. She's on glow. Okay. Um, but no, he goes all over the world. Um, is solving these different, uh, 
uh, things like he goes to he goes to zoos and like he gets turtles to mate. Um, which the uh, one the male turtle is voiced by Tom Kenny, the guy who does the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, he yeah he voices all sorts of or uh, visits like all sorts of animals. Yeah, gets and this must have been the start of like the career of the monkey because the monkey, is, by the way, is named Crystal the monkey. Crystal the monkey. Crystal the monkey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. George of the Jungle was the first credit. Holy shit. Yeah, oh. which was 1997. Then the Doctor Doolittle American Pie. A Night at the Museum, uh, Dexter, uh, Ricky the Smoking Monkey, and uh, The Big Bang Theory, um, the uh, uh, Zookeeper, Donald the Monkey, uh, and then Animal Practice. Remember Animal Practice? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was, interrupted uh, the yeah. Uh, and so the, in role. Community, that was 2010. So that's you know like nine years. I don't know the the shelf life of a monkey. Yeah, but you know. That's a pretty good resume for a Hollywood movie. Yeah, monkey. that's a pretty... Wow. In fact, Crystal's uh, Crystal's last appearance was in 2016 in The Boys of the Bar. Uh, Crystal played Crystal. Mm. Way to typecast. Yeah, right. Jesus. Let's so Crystal's like, Crystal was like 15 or 16 years old? Jeez. Has to be. Holy cow, that monkey. I didn't think they lived that long. <laughs> I have no clue. I thought it was like, you know, like two... Like two times a gerbil or something. Or well, like, first I was like, that can't be Ross's monkey from Friends. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't think so. No. That monkey could drive a car. That's true. That's point. Anyway. Um, okay. So he's traveled all over the world. Uh, he actually, we get a, a interesting cameo from Steve Irwin. Um, yes. Interesting enough. Because yeah, so, his arm gets chopped off by an alligator. Well, he, he's doing this thing where he's talking about wanting to, like, grab the alligator and take it by surprise. And while he's talking about it, Dr. Doolittle, uh, Eddie Murphy's hearing the the crocodile say that he's going to uh, grab him as soon as he, like, flips around. He's just waiting and pretending. Yeah. And so he, he's trying to tell Steve Irwin and... Uh, Steve flips around and they allude to the fact that his arm got bit mm-hmm. or bit off. Um, Can I tell you, it was good seeing Steve Irwin because I kind of miss him. You know oh, yeah. His kids during these Australian yeah. wild brush fires, yeah. like his kids have been it's crazy. huge. Like they've been talking a lot, like yeah. uh, talking about like rescue efforts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you, I wish that Dr. Doolittle could talk to Stingrays. <laughs> Why? Why is that? So he could have stopped the stingray from going after Steve Irwin. Okay. What else we got? <laughs> what? Oh no, I do. But but it's like it's one of those things where it's like you see kind of one of these people that's not like an actor. Yeah. That was more like a personality. Yeah. Like when you see Judge Judy like in a movie somewhere. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Judge Judy has been on for a while. Why is she? Like in this as a cameo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I kind of like that sometimes, especially if I like the, you know, you well, know person. And, and I, I do. I miss Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin, like this is kind of at the height of his, like some of the height of his like popularity and like where he was doing all these different efforts. I think it wasn't like, and he does really well, like on screen too. Like sometimes <laughs> you get those things and you're like, right. wow, you suck at acting. Right. But he was just fine. Right. Um, but anyway, this is showing that he's he, he's he's trying to balance his his new fame. 
kind of in a way, um, his practice and his family. And um, yeah, there there you go. Knocking on heaven's door. Um, So anyway, um, where are we on this movie? This movie's all over the place. Really beginning, yeah. We're at the beginning, so it's crazy. This is a long movie for me. It felt long. It feels like a long movie. So let's get the subplot going, or let's get the plot going, okay? So here's here's the idea, right? He is at his family's. um, He comes home, and um, it's uh, Raven Simone's birthday. Yeah. She's turning sweet 16. Yep. She hasn't had the best grades. She's got, like, Ds and Cs, and she's been dating a guy who works for Domino's Pizza. Product placement. Great product placement. Go ahead. Domino's Pizza. Yeah. Perfect. They wanted to be involved. I just, they probably were involved in like something. Get the do- uh, uh, Dr. Doolittle 2 uh, sale for Domino's Pizza. They probably yeah. were. So anyway, I'll have to look that one up. You know, that nanny's boobs. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets approached by a Michael Rappenport uh, raccoon. First, he gets approached by a possum. Oh, gets approached by a possum who was played by uh, Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, right? Yeah that, yeah, that was Isaac Hayes. And then he gets approached by the the, the raccoon. He tells him to go away. Yeah, and then because uh, you know these guys kind of have like the whole gangster kind of like mafia. Yeah, they're like kind of voices like mobsters. Got, like mobsters. Um, say that the the beaver wants to meet him because uh, he's he's got a you know a project for him. Yeah. But yeah, tell tell the beaver to meet me at the uh you know, the office. You know. No, the beaver doesn't meet anyone. You you meet the beaver. Yeah. Yeah. The god beaver. The god beaver, whatever yeah. they call him. Yeah. But he uh basically the, the beaver is trying to tell him that uh pretty soon uh the, the rumor is that people are moving in to start cutting down the forest mm-hmm. and they're not gonna be able to be there very long. Yeah. And so he uh Tells Doctor Doolittle to go look like at a portion of the forest, and you see like this where some of the logging has just devastated it, and uh, they want him to save it. So he consults with his wife, uh, who is a lawyer, and they find that they uh, can get a stop to some of the logging because there is like a if there's like an endangered species, <laughs> and there are these like uh, northwestern bears. Yeah. That uh, Northwestern Pacific bears. Yeah, I've met a couple of those before. <laughs> um, they are endangered. And so they need to find, if they can find a male, like before they said, it's tough if they're endangered because the female, she's mm. the only one. And so there's no chance that she can save the population because she's not going to mate with anybody. Uh, and so they find a male uh, who is. Uh, named Archie and he is like a performing bear at a circus uh, and they've never before been able to reintroduce a circus bear into uh, the wild because it would, does, would not have feed itself or do anything and so uh, Dr. Doolittle though says hey I can do it and so he's going to get out there and yeah Reintroduce him. No, meanwhile, then, keep in mind he did. A, um, he did promise his family a trip to Paris, which I don't know why you would be like tomorrow. We're going to Paris. Oh, I, it, rich people stuff. I, right, I guess so. Well, we're going to we're going to Paris. Um, I don't know. Without consulting, you know, you have a big meeting with the beaver, with the god beaver. 
Yeah. I'm going to assume that's going to, you well, know. He, he said he's just going to go there and come back is what he said originally. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and then the whole plot is that, that uh, then Dr. Doolittle uh, must teach the bear to be an alpha male yeah. bear. Yeah. In order to win over the female bear. Yes. And become part of society so they won't chop down the trees. And in the meanwhile, he um, bridges gaps, bridges, you know, through his family, whatever, blah, 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 very passe, very whatever. Yes. It's very kind of boring, the plot. Oh, I agree. There's really not much, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I don't know. It's just, it feels like I'm not really, it's not that I'm not going to relate to these animals. It's just that, like, I'm like, hmm. That's your conflict. Your conflict is this. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. So the bad guys are played by, of course, Kevin Pollock, who plays the yeah. uh, lawyer guy, and then the uh, Bravo Fox guy. And Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones. Who, uh, ironically, also plays a bad guy in real life. <laughs> yes, it was a scumbag in real life. Um, so... Uh, I don't know. Where should, I mean, where should we really go with this? Should we start with Eddie Murphy? Like, how do you feel about Eddie Murphy in this movie? Um, I think Eddie Murphy... It's rigid for me. Well, it is. Like, it's not as, like... I, I don't feel like he was having as much fun with it as he no. had, like, the other movie. Because... In, and the way I think that is... Because, like, in the other movie, he had, like, little comedy things he was doing. Where you could tell he was, like, thinking up things and doing mm-hmm. them as he was going. Versus this, which it's like, here's what I need to do to make this bit funny. Here's what I need to do here. Like, it seemed very, like, he knew what to do. Like, there's no question in my mind that the man is funny. Yeah. And then he has good comic timing. And yeah. he knows how to make, like, a big scene. Like, he can do all Given those things. Given what he had in this, I'm not saying he didn't hit every comedy note that that was in the script. Yeah. I'm just saying there wasn't that many comedy notes in the script. No, there were not. You know what I mean? It was mostly like Pratt Falls and stuff like right. that. Right. There's a lot of like stuff that's like, and I don't think that he's necessarily, although that's not where I like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like Eddie Murphy in the way that he delivers lines, not how his, you know, yep. his physical, not that he can't do physical comedy because he can, but I kind of like him when he's, you know, playing something kind of more outrageous and kind of, you know, yeah, you know, with great dialogue. That's just me. But I feel like it's this was that renaissance of like, well, we're going to do these kids movies, these family movies, um, because there's a market for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in in a way that uh, you know, especially with African American families, are concerned that, uh, you know. As much as I don't want to talk about Bill Cosby, I'm not really going to talk about him, but he did open up the door into showing that an African-American, you know, family could have a story that wasn't necessarily rooted in, you know, something that was, uh, you know, in a society that was, you know, bad or evil or, or, you know, those stereotypes that uh, African-Americans get shown through the movies, right? Yes. So you have that this renaissance of of all that through you know um, are we are we there yet yes you know even um, the the nutty professor uh, Big Mama's house you yeah. would say 
kind of uh, in all those. And I think it's credit to Murphy in um, Coming to America that has that, where he is playing multiple characters. It's almost like I wanted him to do that in this movie in, in a way, but not to the point where he, I don't know, there's just something missing in his performance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know I don't what? know what it is. It just it feels rigid. I think um, <clears throat> I think it would have been better because I think Eddie Murphy is a person who plays off of others. All right. And you had a lot more of those. True. You had a lot more of those interactions in the first movie, if I recall, where right. he was interacting not just with like the animals but with other people and other playing people. off of stuff. Um. But in this one, like, think about, like, he barely is on screen with other humans. He is, like, a couple right. scenes. Um, and it's mostly Raven, which yeah. is which is rightfully so, by the way. Yeah. But we'll get to that. But think about, like, when he has, like, the bits where when his wife is, like, <coughs> when oh, yeah. he's talking to the animals and she's, what, what do you mean by that? And, like, to me, that was funny <coughs> because he's able to play off of it. That a little was bit. probably one of the funniest bits because he's he's playing off of that. Yeah, he's playing <laughs> he's playing through with the animals and with yes. the live characters. He's trying to be macho, right? And she's hearing what he's saying and right. thinking he's talking to her. And yeah, so mm, it, right. it's a funny bit. But he again, it's a funny bit. It's not hilarious, but it's a funny bit. But yeah. I think I think Raven Simone has good comic oh, timing. I think she is. Out, in out, this movie, in this movie, wasted. Really, I don't. I don't think she's got good comedy in this. I don't think she <laughs> was necessarily. I think she's got great comic timing too. By the way, I think that uh, she's fine in this movie, and I think uh, she's probably one of my favorite parts of this movie. Um, but that's. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I want to talk about Steve's Steve's on. Yeah, how did you feel about him being the the bear, the main bear? Um, as far as a voiceover performance, it's hard to gauge these. Yeah, it because is. a lot of times it's like I don't know if they're improving or if it's part of the script, and they're just like, "Well, I got to read the script." Because yeah. a lot of times the action that they were saying didn't match what was going on on the screen. Yeah, I don't know if you felt like that, but I felt um, like that sometimes. Sometimes it was sometimes like that. and sometimes and I know not. They're, it's like it's you know animals. And his is like that's the thing. Like Steve's on sometimes. I'm like, oh, and he doesn't rein it in. Mm-hmm. It gets to be too much. Um, and there was a few moments like that in here where I was like, oh my god, what are you doing? Like where he's talking, and I think he was ad libbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like I think Steve's on is another person. I think he did a fine job as far as like how he was emoting and stuff. Like he is mostly goofy, but then you have these moments where he's ten- very tender and mm-hmm. like. I'm just lonely. And, you know, all these things. I was like, oh, like he does a good job of being expressive with his voice. Um, so like I am OK with it. There's some moments where I'm like, geez, Steve, calm down a little bit. But like for the most part, I really like that. Um, I actually like Lisa Kudrow's voice work more. I like Lisa Kudrow's work a lot better because yes. I feel like she's portraying the sweetness in mm-hmm. a way that I'm like, oh, I get but it. It was almost like a, it was like a modern girl sweetness, right? Where but she it was also like, like, I knew when she was upset, and I knew when she was like having yeah. fun. I knew when she was, yeah. And it wasn't just like a, it, it wasn't like they're just making it like a, oh, a boy kind of, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. She was just like, oh, which bear? Oh, was he over there behind that dork? Like, you know, it right. was just like lines where like she, she was delivering things, and it was very, it sounded like Lisa Kudrow. 
Um, and I could tell almost where she was kind of ad libbing with but him. But it didn't sound like Phoebe. Thank God. It sounded no. like Lucy. Lucy. Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. Or yeah. Lucy Kudrow. Lucy. Lucy Kudrow. Lucy Heathrow. Heathrow. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. There's moments where Steve's on where it's like he's trying to emote different emotions, and I don't quite get it because he's kind of. I'm not saying he's one note, but I'm just saying like when it comes to say voiceover work, yeah. Without seeing his face, I'm not really understanding if he's upset enough, yeah, to verify or justify his next move in as as far as like wooing the Lisa Kudrow's character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it just feels a little bit flat, and I think Lisa Kudrow, as far as the bears are concerned, um, is probably my favorite. Besides Norm Macdonald as the dog. Yes, he was amazing. <laughs> this was just amazing. But that's just me. So um, let's do talk about Raven Simone then. Yeah. Because I agree with you. They they wasted Raven Simone's t- talent. But what I liked is when we do find, there's that moment when we do find that she can hear the animals yes. as well. It's a very sweet moment. Yes. But it should have happened earlier in the movie. It should have. And it should have happened to where then she was helping out a little bit more. And then we could have got the comic timing with her and playing off of um, Eddie Murphy a little bit. Yes. I thought that would have been well, great. It either needed to happen earlier. Yes. Or it needed or not to happen later. Yeah. It either needed to be <coughs> like a saving twist at the end where, yes. you know, like they're doing, they're taking him away or it's almost done and yeah. he's not there to translate, but she does. Yeah. It's almost like something. they did it um, out of convenience. Yes. In it. But the way that she did it and delivered it was yeah. great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That scene worked for me. Can, it just was, it worked for me at the wrong time. Agreed. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. But can I tell you though, that mm-hmm. like, that it, it works a lot better on rewatch. Okay. Because if you watch it again, you understand mm-hmm. what's happening differently and like her timing with things like, um, like there's a, a part where Pepito, the, uh, the little uh, chameleon mm-hmm. is talking about her or saying something about her, which of course no human's going to understand. And he says something, and she was like, you know, like she basically lashes out, and you realize it's because she can hear him. But until you know that's what's going to happen, you don't mm-hmm. realize that. And so, like, I think that all of that works better on rewatch because then you're like, Oh my God, no wonder she's reacting to this. She's, she's getting upset because of this. Like she's lashing out because of this. Mm -hmm. Like you understand what's driving that a little bit more. And it makes you wonder like, did she hear that and understand Mm -hmm. Like, is she playing it off? And I even think Raven Simone does a couple times where you get like little things she does. Like she shakes her head at something because she's hearing it, but she's just not wanting to react to it. And she's Mm -hmm. trying to just ignore it. Um, I think she does a good job of like, you know, how they talk about like as an actor, like sometimes your character has a secret and nobody knows what it is. Mm-hmm. I think she does a good job of like early mm-hmm. or throughout the movie up until that reveal of keeping that secret, but actually showing that mm-hmm. she's got a secret. You just don't really recognize it until you see it again. Yeah, but the, but <clears throat> to get rid of the secret in about halfway of the movie then you could open that up to her helping uh, Eddie Murphy's character. That way it gives Eddie someone else 
yeah. play off of and gives her yeah, a chance to shine too to move move the platform or move the franchise, yes. which I figured they were going to do differently uh, forward yeah. through Raven Simone, but evidently I'm wrong. Here's the thing. This this movie is full of talented people. Very much so. Because another person who does not get um, uh, like enough screen time or enough stuff to do, Kevin Pollack. Yeah. Kevin Pollack doesn't get anything to do in this movie. He, he runs away from pigeon poop. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I think that's a waste. <laughs> it's a waste of him, too. Yeah, he could have been more, because he was like the sleazy lawyer. He could have played that up a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And given him a little bit, and give him a couple <laughs> animals. I don't care. He can do different voices. Everyone's heard him. So, yeah. Um, I mean, besides that, I mean, how did, uh, who else did you not like or like as far as animal voices were concerned? Um, the, uh, I chuckled with Michael Rappenport. You what? I chuckled with Michael Rappenport. Yeah, he had some chuckle moments and I think he, he did fine with the voice over stuff. Right. He's Michael Rappenport. Right. Um, I think like some of the peripheral characters kind of annoyed me. The Pepito character kind of annoyed me. Mm-hmm. The chameleon, mm-hmm. which again, like it's this weird. He's a chameleon who can't change colors, and so he's always trying and saying weird things. And like I, but it's almost like if that's gonna if that's gonna play out, you might as well play that out through the movie and use that as a as a way to progress uh, like a storyline through, right? Yeah, where. Perhaps Raven Simone's character can't, you know, can't come to terms with her ability. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then you have him who can't, who can't turn. You know what I mean? Like play off that a little bit more. It just feels like that's kind of a little bit forced too, or more secondhand. And no one re- rewrote this script or rewrote it up to a point, and yeah. then forgot to rewrite it again. I don't know. Just there's a lot of it missed. They got Andy Dick as a weasel. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's just weird. Andy Dick. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's playing a weasel. At first, I was like, "Couldn't they get Polly Shore?" And he'd be like, "I'm the weasel." That would have been fantastic. I would have loved that. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams as a squirrel, yeah, was weird. Yeah, well, you know, people think that she's uh, she's Jewel. That's true. They do, <laughs> or they think that she was what's her bucket. Um, um can't think of her name. Who just won the Golden Globe for, <laughs> for uh, Renee, Judy Renee Zellweger? Zellweger, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, what was, she, was that? What's that Kevin Smith movie that she was in? Which one? Oh, Chasing Amy. I yeah. couldn't think of it at the, at the beginning. Chasing Amy. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. And she was in um, Empire Records, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just big, wanted to make and sure. Big Daddy and yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's not really much else to say about this. You know, this is a fine family movie. Yeah. There's there's moments where I'm like, okay, I get it. I just don't. There's other family movies I would watch besides this movie. Yeah. But, um, I mean, if it's there, watch it. Yeah. That's my opinion. I mean, I was hoping for more of this through. It had, through it the had potential, talent. but, like. Yeah. It's not. It's, I don't think it's a fault of the talent. There's plenty of talent in this right. movie. I agree. And even, even the writing with it is like, it's got a cuteness to it, but it feels like they needed to go back and edit. That's what I mean. You yeah. need to edit. I even think the directing's fine too. I just think yeah. that you need to again maybe some of the some of the the uh 
gags went on too a little too far. Yeah, you, you know, like you the need, bathroom. Yeah, you need to edit some. Yeah, the rats popping out of the cake was pointless. Pointless. <laughs> it was a callback to the first movie, but like it was just pointless. Uh, whatever. Should we do our uh, five questions then? Uh, yeah, I think why don't we should we do that. What's that? Uh, what do you think was the best part of this movie? Well, I think we talked about. Look, I liked Raven Simone in this movie, but I'm uh, I'm kind of a uh, that's a Raven, you know? Yeah, because I am. By the um, way, that's that's what was like the reason. Uh, so they haven't they continued the Doctor Doolittle movies, right? Which we'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. Yeah, here we'll we'll circle back. To right, we'll we'll circle back to that because I have something to say. But yeah, no, no, it's fine. Um, Norm Macdonald is my favorite. Really? Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed him in ways that I haven't enjoyed him in years. Yeah, you know, uh, especially in the Orville. I love him in the Orville. I think he's just pitch perfect when he's behind something. Even when he's like, there's moments where I see him on screen and he's behind like a mask or something, like makeup. Yeah. And for some reason, I like him better. I don't know why. It's not like I don't, you know. Yeah. Like, like, oh, I hate his face or anything. It's just, it just feel like. Maybe he has fun with a character. When I think when he's when he's on screen <coughs> as himself or as a person, yeah, I think he has this thing where he's he's got to be Norm McDonald mm-hmm. essentially. Like he's got a mug, he's got to do these things and like react like Norm McDonald does. When he's just a voice, the other thing is reacting. He's just matching to it. Like he's he doesn't have to be him or a version of himself. He's Whoever the, you know, the, it is he's voicing. Yeah. Go ahead. What was your favorite? Um, I think, honestly, I think the voice acting overall is pretty good. I think, like, the voice casting is pretty good. It's fine. Yeah. Like, and there's there's some of them where I'm like, yeah, that could be better. But, like, I've seen plenty of these things where they were terrible. Mm. And nobody was doing, like, any friendly voice or, like, any kind of, like... Yeah, probably the chameleon. Yeah, he's about, the he's about as annoying as it gets, but... Yeah, probably the chameleon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but other like, than that... Well, for the most part, like, you have people who are doing fine at the voice acting piece of it and, like, doing what they need to do. Yeah. Um, and I thought they did an yeah. excellent job. I'll give you that. So, would you reboot, continue, or cancel? Based on this movie alone, I would have... Actually, have canceled. Yeah. But having said that, why didn't you continue with Raven Simone? Because she was doing That's So Raven. That's So Raven, I know. But like, it seems that's a that's a dropped ball right there. Well, okay. So, but she that's when she got big into Disney, though. Yeah. Because she had the Cheetah Girls. Yeah. And she had That's, that's So Raven. Raven yeah. And she voiced, did voiceovers for a ton of Disney stuff That's around I mean. that time. Yeah. So I don't think she had the time and the whatever sure. to do that. I think that she, I think that it was set up that she was going to take this over because I, it's so obvious. It, yeah. It's so obvious. So in the second movie, she gets the voiceover uh, or she gets the power to hear uh, the animals. Uh, but then in the third movie, it's the other daughter who suddenly has the ability. What? Yeah. And through all of the other sequels from there too. No. Oh yeah. Do you know what the other sequels are? Mm, don't care. Uh, there is well, Doctor Doolittle. But there's 3. more than three. Yes, Doctor Doolittle three, of course, with her. Then there is Doctor Doolittle, Tale to the Chief. No. And then Doctor Doolittle, Million Dollar Mutts. No. Yes. No. No. <clears throat> yeah. No. Yes, there. Are. Cancel. 
Yeah, I canceled too. If it was Raven, I'd have been. I might have been on board with it, but like, I don't think it needs to continue. But even through this movie, like I look, if they would have done it where Raven had more of uh, some comedy and some more screen time, I yeah. would have said continue with it. Yeah, but I think it's honestly too late. I agree. I do agree. Um. So, do you think this movie stands on its own? No. I don't either. No, who are all these animals? Yeah, like there, there's a lot of callbacks like asking, to the first one. And who's Andy Richter? Yeah, who's, they, they kind of give some exposition at the beginning, but you know, it really doesn't go into like how he got it or what's happening or. Yeah. I mean, like it, you just don't. It doesn't uh, stand. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, does this make you want to watch the first movie? Mm, no, I don't think it does. Not yeah. even the voice work. Yeah, if I, if this was the first one I saw, I definitely wouldn't want to watch the first one. Yeah, I would think, ooh, it's gonna be like this. So, and I yeah. I just don't know if it, I don't also know. don't want to watch the first one just in general. How about that? Yeah, no, these were not. If it wasn't for Doolittle coming, out, I would never <laughs> watch this one. Right, again. I mean the fact that we're doing this is because we're we are catering to the fact that uh, yes, it is Dolomite is on. Netflix and Doolittle is coming out on. I mean, it's, come on. Yeah. It's, it's, We're trying to get hits from you people. <laughs> it's very true. We are. Yeah. Um, some of your experience in two words. I don't know if this will count as two words, but I'm going to say Dr. Do More because I think this movie should have done more. Yeah. I think it should have. We should have had a much of a different rewrite. I think it should have been. I really think it should have been. Um, I don't even think it should have been necessarily the the bear aspect of the storyline. Maybe her coming into terms with uh, that she can hear um, animals as well and, and somehow helps her dad or something. You yes. know, someone's trying to scam someone. I don't know. And so she's there to help her dad. I don't know. You know, but I just I feel like they should have done more. They, there's waste opportunities with uh, a lot of the cast because it's a really talented cast. Um, a lot of these people are still doing stuff nowadays. Like you get like a lot of uh, like voiceover work. And you're like, who's that again? And you're like, oh, okay. I haven't heard from them for years. Yeah. These, these are actually legit people. And I just think they should have done a little bit more with it. Yeah. You know, not wasted. Yeah. So, Doctor, do more. Hmm. I'll allow it. Watch yourself, McCoy. <laughs> I, I think creature comfort. Oh, yeah. And it mainly because it's like we get the premise with the animals and like him reacting to them and everything. But it seems to me like they were they tried to make a movie that was too comfortable. Like it was it just immediately fit all the tropes and the stare. You know, like we knew what the story was. We're going to do this. And it basically it seemed more cash grabby than story driving you know I, I think there was there were some good possibilities here but we just missed almost all of them oh we missed all of them we everything each story like you could have focused on one or the other and instead you kind of half focused on both mm-hmm. and it made it just so weak you missed a lot of people who have kevin pollack raven simone I mean, these people who have good comic timing I mean, even Jeffrey Jones has Jeff, a good comic Jeffrey Jones, timing. Jeffrey Jones, he does. Yeah, but but we 
lose all of that. Playing the, the like the like the Andy bumbling Richter the bumbling for two guy seconds. That, yeah. that, that gets his just rewards. Yes. You're right. For you know, like we have all these people who we just miss the mark with them. Um and that's unfortunate. Well, I feel like they're just it's like they're they're just they're relying on the aspect of the talent. Yes. Yeah. And like they're well here, we, we gave you this uh, you're talented. You you do what you you can with it. It's like that does not work. You know what I mean? It's like you can't make a cake and then just serve it to a bunch of you know chefs and figure like they're going to be all like, mm, this is good because I'm a chef. It's you know true. what I mean? No, they're not going to. They're going to be like, no, I'm going to nitpick this, nitpick that, and, and do whatever. You know, I agree with you. It's just it's lost cause. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame, you know, and um, and I honestly, you know, and I'm glad that that Eddie's getting a, a renaissance because he deserves it, but he does not deserve it through this movie. Let's no, just put it that way. No, agree. So I'm um, so the fact that maybe there was a little bit of struggle back in the day was kind of warranted through movies like this and movies like, you know, Pluto yeah. Nash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you! Uh, well, that concludes uh, this uh, episode. Uh, stay tuned. Next week, we'll be doing Bad Boys 2 in honor of Bad Boys 3 coming out into the movie theaters. Yes. So check that out. Um, so, yeah, we are playing for you people. So uh, do little does uh, uh, enter your screens next weekend. And also, so does Bad Boys 3. Look for Bad Boys 2 next week. But remember, folks, the sequel is king. Something about the West Coast That makes me bend the ease It's something about the West Coast That makes me bend the ease Help me sing Say you wanna ride with the one you want my six There were white and pink Only kissing we did was on the cheek Remember, like yesterday We hop on our bikes and just ride away Knew you'd be mine somehow, some way. And I must say, say